Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Once you've got a clear message and a clear image and you've got a very creative way of packaging that message and how are you going to do that, you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. If you're not consistent, then, then you will not win. Hello, my name's Ian Anson Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, we're talking about how to stand out from your competition. Who wants to be boring? I don't, you don't either. We've got Ash Borland on the show and he's gonna help us navigate through this. So we'll be with you just after this. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of confident live video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content Content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello. Welcome to episode 136 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. My name is Ian Anderson Gray. And in today's show, we're going to be talking about how to stand out from your competition. Because there's so much stuff, so much content out there. And it's difficult, I think. So many people are struggling to get their voices heard. And maybe you're you're looking at it from the other side, and you're going onto Facebook and YouTube, and there's just a lot of noise out there. And it's not that interesting. So how can we create content that actually stands out? It's time to bring in Ash. Ash Bolland is a content marketing coach, podcaster, and I love this, a creative astronaut. He helps businesses find clarity, creativity, and consistency in their content marketing. Welcome to the show, Ash. How are you doing? Ian, you are a pro. This is amazing. Oh, it's great to have you on. I'm so glad uh, we've made this happen because I know you are uh, very busy at the moment. Things seem to be going mad in a, in a good way, I hope. Yeah, uh. <laughs> very good way. But yeah, I mean, I'm super pumped to uh, be here and just to, like, I think you're brilliant at what you do. So like being able to just carve out some time, doesn't matter how busy I am, 100% I would have made this happen. Also, oh, well, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ash. So you're dialing in from Cambridge in the UK. We were just talking before we started that that is one of the driest places in the UK and you're enjoying the sunshine, uh, which is very nice. But you haven't been doing what you're currently doing for that long. So I'd love to know uh, a bit more about your background. What did you do before? How did you get started into all of this? Give us a bit of a background on that. And I love the creative astronaut, by the way. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, of course. Um, so first thing with the creative astronaut to make to give context of that before we go into a bit about how I got into it. Um, this came from a um, if anyone like watches Jurassic Park, they, I absolutely love Jurassic Park as a film. And um, there's a, a scene in Jurassic Park where the guy says there are two types of people in this world. There are astronauts and there are astronomers. And he says astronomers look up at the stars and astronauts reach for them. And um, it was just one of those moments that really stuck with me f- like forever. Um, and so when I was talking about it myself, something I noticed, which I'll tell a little bit about how I got into this is something I've always done is never been afraid to reach for the stars, so to speak, to reach for the things I want to reach for. And um, now when it comes to marketing and business and, and consulting, I'm the same thing. It's about trying to get other people to be creative astronauts themselves and reach for the goals that most people are just standing on the hills looking up 
and wishing they could be there. So that is what creative astronaut is. That's where, that's where that name comes from. Mm. It's quite an interesting point. <laughs> I, I, I love that because one of the big things that I see holding people back is, is the fear of new things. And you've really inspired me in that, in the sense that you've, I mean, you're going to tell us a little bit more about this uh, in a bit, but you know, you've changed careers you, and a lot of people, when they do that, they, they take their time. They, they spend the time researching. There's a bit of imposter syndrome or a lot of imposter syndrome that goes into it. Well, like, how can I go into the world of marketing? Uh, because like, I, you know, the people that are much better than me and, and, you know, how, so tell us about your story and inspire us with like, what stopped you from going down into the imposter syndrome uh, and all those mindset problems that so many of us face? Yeah, of course. So um, my story, I, um, as a kid, if I go right back to the beginning, as a kid, I was very quiet, very shy, um, never really interacted with many people, um, but always kind of felt a little bit different. I was always an outlier. Um, I could talk with adults very well, which was quite strange. Um, and so it was this kind of little skill I'd always had regards to standing up. I was a very confident guy, but not in my peer group, which was really weird. And until I was 15 and at 15 years old, um, I stumbled into a breakdancing class. This is like a crazy thing. And I stumbled into a breakdancing class um, and my entire life changed everything about my life from all of a sudden it was like this kind of wake up moment. It's all about superpower of, and this kind of astronaut. It was where I became from an astronomer to an astronaut. All of a sudden um, I had a goal. I had a vision. I wanted to be a professional dancer. And um, at 15 years old, I got into that. And I, I, what I realized was, and this was the first time I noticed it, you talk about with the career, is that at 15 years old, I was very old for a professional performer in dancing, especially. Most people have been doing it since they were a child. But I was obsessed. And by 17, um, I had a full scholarship, you know, over six-figure scholarship to a top London college to be a professional musical theater dancer. Turned out I could then sing. And um, I, I was trained, fully qualified, trained as a performer, which is how I, you know, I, how I, why I related to you as a singer. Um, and I went after that career. Now, I, I work professionally as a performer, singer, dancer, and stuff like that down in London. But one thing that taught me, I, I, in the end, I, I left it um, for other, for different reasons. But um, what that taught me, which at the time was that if you can put your mind to something and you're willing to work harder than anybody else, and you're not allowed going to get yourself in the way, you know, so like not get your, get caught up on what you don't know, but actually more focusing on what you can learn that day. Um, if I did it with that, what else could I do it with? And um, when I left performing, I thought this is wasted skill, you know, I'd got that and I went into to finance um, and I started working in finance as a mortgage broker, um, was actually a state agent, moved into a mortgage brokering role, and couldn't really work out why, where every time I went to meetings or went there, I was winning business all the time. I was very much standing out, um, was like assistant manager within a year. So this kind of DOD, which he said about, I've not been doing it very long. I started realizing that the skills I'd learned as a performer was hugely making me stand out above my competition and my competitors against people who've been doing it for many, many, many years. Um, and so when I, I then went off and I set up my own business as a mortgage advisor, 
And um, this is where content came in because up to that point, I was a technophobe, didn't know how to use any form of content, like any form of technology at all. I mean, I didn't even have a computer. Like I just used the one that we had at the office. So to generate leads, I, I was like, well, what can I do? And I started to, um, how I actually did it was originally to learn something. I couldn't learn. I'm dyslexic. So I was struggling to qualify for some exams. So I started making content and I started making videos to try and learn and uh, the, the source material, which is really strange. And um, I started publishing this source material, these videos at the same time, because I was like, well, I'll give it a go. Um, I'd never made it. It was my phone propped up against a coffee mug, an iPhone 5, I think it might, 5S, propped up against a coffee mug, plugged into a charger because it couldn't hold much charge. Um, and I started publishing videos about how to buy a house and how to get a mortgage and all of this type of stuff. And, um, and, then, and then publishing them every single day. And it was more for a learning exercise more than anything. But what I realized was it lit a fire in me that, that one, people started to, and this is talk about standing out, people started to see me as this expert when I really wasn't at the time. But then two, within about a year, I'd become an expert because I was talking about it every single day. 1% better every day made me you know, 365% better than most of my competition. And um, I'd also gained a following within that industry, which over time led then to more and more people, more people coming to me and asking me, could I coach them to do the same thing and help them do the same thing? And whilst we talk about imposter syndrome, there was a, a while where I was like, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could. And honestly, it was meeting you, and uh, not meeting you, but seeing you. I said this to you on your, on your, my show. When I saw you, you um, were speaking at an event, which is a mortgage event. And, but you were the first person I'd seen who had a performing background and you, and you were doing vocal exercises <laughs> and you were talking about it as if it was like a, um, a, as a way to be confident on straight on screen. And truthfully, it was, uh, it was that moment. That was the moment that was just at COVID time where I was like, I know this stuff. Like I've been trained in this stuff. Like this guy is doing it. And, um, so maybe I do know what I'm doing. And, um, and that, and when I did that, I, I shut down my mortgage business and I went all in on, um, applying everything I could in regards to content, daily content, standing out, you know, visually, you know, your physical identity, your digital identity, everything I knew from performing in all of these years of business and creative combined. And I just went at being a consultant more than I wanted it more than I could breathe. I was an astronaut going to the stars and, um, yeah, it worked. <laughs> I mean, that, I, we could almost leave leave it there because there's so much from your story that you've shared that is inspiring. And I, and I, I think that you said so many things uh, like, you know, you need to get yourself kind of out of the way. Sometimes we can be that barrier. And uh, you, you've learned that when you were doing the dancing. And it's, it's funny, like uh, uh, Katie is saying from astronomer to dancer and, and then to singing and then mortgage, more finances. And now it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a very a, weird life. <laughs> it's, it's a great, no, but I, like, I think it's great. I, I identify with that a lot because that one of the things I felt for, for a while is, well, like, I, well, who am I? <laughs> what, what am, you know, I've, I, I'm a singer. Okay. But I'm also a, a web developer because I did some web development and, I, and then I'm a marketer and I'm a live video guy. But yeah, I mean, all those aspects of you, that's fascination with astronomy, then with uh, dancing, with performance, with mortgage, that realization that, hey, I'm actually really good at this. And how often do we, particularly if you're British, 
uh, although I think it happens in America as too, like that you say, oh, um, yeah, I, I'm quite good at this. But actually, you know, why don't you just stand up and say, actually, no, you know what? I am really good at this. And you need to just push forwards and uh, learn these things quickly. And and I, I also love what you said about 1% better every day. There's, I don't, I, I'm sure you've read the book Atomic Habits by James yeah. Clear, which is all very much about these micro steps, micro habits that um, that can make such a massive difference. Uh, so what have you been doing since? So when did you make the switch? Tell us when you made the switch and what have you achieved since then? Yeah, of course. So um, I made the switch. Uh, gosh, when I think about it, I made the switch. The decision was um, around just before COVID. It was just before COVID hit. So whenever that was, March 20? Yeah, March 2020. 2020. Um, I, I remember, and my wife is a huge part of everything I do. And I remember deciding that I was going to do it and then um, you know, shut down the mortgage business and did everything else. Um, this is it, you know, follow your dreams, which I've done multiple times before, so it's fine. And then I found out she was pregnant. So that um, <laughs> that lit a fire. You know, everyone, anyone ever wants some sort of real motivation? So it's March 2020, yeah. um, and, uh, and my entire life changed there. Um, and so from March 2020 to now, you know, what I did within that period, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened, a lot. Um, I launched a podcast. I've launched two podcasts now. Um, that, you know, the podcast hit, it was in the marketing charts. It got to 14th in the UK over here. Um, I was in the top 3% in the world. I've, you know, got brand deals. I've worked with, uh, you know, the business has gone from like zero to six figures. Um, I've worked with like well over 50 odd individual one-to-one clients. Um, but the most important thing of it is, is I, I literally have woke up every single day and like all of that stuff's great. I really couldn't, really honestly between us all i couldn't really care less about any of that I, I woke up every day and i've loved what i've done which has been the first time since i was probably about 16 17 we we're talking about being a dancer i that was like the first time in in years that i'd ever i've ever kind of woken up with that hunger to want to be better and do more truly and it's more powerful than any money thing which is what i've been searching for for years so that's what i've kind of done in the last 18 months um so yeah i mean i meet met some incredible people like yourself and you know loads of content creators and it's amazing really isn't that amazing it's it's we we do need money uh that's important but yeah. ultimately it is feeling happy and content in what you're doing and you have found your your ikigai uh which is this japanese word uh that i've discovered recently uh to describe it's this kind of like venn diagram where your joy who, who your uh the things that you're good at everything kind of is focused in on that one spot and i think that's amazing that, that and it's been not that long i mean we're now in uh, uh what, what what month are we in september 2021 yeah. so it's like just you know not even it's not even a year and a half since that's no. happened it's been a mad year so it shows you how much you can achieve um now let's let's just move a little bit over to live video because i know you have been embracing live video not just live video um but how does live video fit into your content marketing strategy or output and uh, why do you bother doing it what's the, what's your reason for doing live video so it's changed since you came on my podcast, uh, which is good because I think I put I put that out, um, which I know like you and all like Doc and Laurie and all of you guys were like messaging because it's. But originally, I originally used live video um, as a way to 
to optimize my content creation production to be completely honest with you I, when i first started and it really started for me live video facebook lives was what kicked this off many you know like right at the beginning when i very first started i just went live every day um so live has always been a part of my business and a part of my content strategy but it's took different forms throughout that time so the first time was very much q a every single day 8 a.m um which was you know grueling but generated interest then it morphed into um when i upgraded my setup and actually could create kind of like what you do where you can create stuff and i could edit it on the go you know using things like you know like an a10 mini and using things like the growcaster pro and stream decks and things like that i realized that i could create content on the fly and because of my background in performing like yourself i was able to maintain that level of performance throughout so i used it daily to do a daily live show with no interaction um, just like live to record, like, you know, live to tape type thing. Um, and then recently since you came on the show and I, funny enough, I just got the phone to a mutual friend of ours, Alex Curtis, just before this show. So, um, and I was chatting about it saying that when you came on the show, it really woke me up to this idea of live streams for community. Um, and that's something that now is, is a very much a focus in my business for the next like year. I wrote down a plan, um, of doing a live stream once a week where it's just a Q&A, very similar to someone like Nick Nimmin on YouTube and people like that who do this purely no repurposability, no replay, purely just a way to build community um, because I think live stream is, I think live streaming is vital, um, a, a vital part of any, any business really. Uh, I did a prediction saying that there's live streams, podcasting and short form vertical like TikToks and shorts. They're the three things to watch this year and next year and I wasn't utilizing it really to its full potential. So now I'm after, after speaking to you, I'm feeling a bit like I needed to do that. Um, oh, that's all. So yeah, that's, that's how I use it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause it's not something we've talked. It's interesting. Uh, you know, that we did talk about this uh, when I was on your show and, and we talked about the importance of community, but interestingly, live shows for community. We've not talked about that much. We had, uh, I had Lou Mangello on the show uh, last year. Uh, we talked about it a bit on there, but my focus a lot of the time is create your live video to, for the purpose. Of, well, one of the big purposes of that is to create that content quickly and easily, but then you can repurpose it into all these other platforms like uh, podcasting and all that kind of stuff, which is great. And it's, it's a definite part of live video, but I love the, I love the idea of creating content not for the replay, not for the podcast, not for any, not for the repurposing. It's purely for the now, for engaging with your community. And I, I think that is something that I want to do much more of because then you're just focusing on the people in your community. Katie says, uh, and, and this is interesting, yeah, loads of live video coaches are singers and performers. It's so fascinating because of course, Katie uh, has a similar background to me. She's uh, trained to be a classical singer. Uh, and yeah, we're all a bit weird with all our career changes. I, I think there's something in that. I mean, people who become entrepreneurs, for want of a better word, we, we do have, I think we're just, our brains are buzzing with loads of different ideas. And I think that's probably, I get the impression that's the case with you, that you love the flexibility <laughs> and being able to do all these different things. And you are your own boss, um, which... <laughs> Would you say, I, I'm just interested, how has your performance background helped you in what you're currently doing? 
it's everything it's so funny i was trying not to bite in i was like i'm gonna let you keep talking because it's so every it's everything to the point where i was at we me and my wife went for breakfast this morning and she's a performer as well she's a ballet dancer and i was like this is our and this is the like, same with you ian and same with katie i'm guess sure is this is our time like it's not wasted we didn't waste that time doing this thing because the world has moved now to content and to performance and um i love gary vaynerchuk i'm a big fan of gary vaynerchuk and he always talks about how it's communicators are what is needed in this era. And uh, I'm glad, I'm so glad that I did, that we, that I was a performer. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the same mindset. And I'm sure you, I'm sure Katie wouldn't be either if you did that. Like it's, it's an invaluable skill that puts me ahead of most of my competitors. Um, but that was pure fluke. Like no one, it, it, well, it didn't exist. We were chatting about it today. We were at breakfast saying, you know, like I was, breakdancing in when I was like 15, like TikTok and that, that didn't exist. I mean, I think Facebook was out then. So it was like one of these things like where now the world is, is in a very different place in regards to performance. And so it's now a necessity. Um, and so people like us are quite lucky really to have that skill trained to a high standard. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, um, it's everything. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree. And I don't know how Katie feels about this. I don't know how you feel about this. But there was an old Ian, maybe four or five years ago, uh, who kind of felt a bit of a failure. Like, what was all that, like, music background? I trained, spent all that money and that time training to be a singer. And now, what am I doing? And then I slapped myself and I thought, like, don't be so stupid, because it is absolutely integral to what I'm doing. Did, have you ever gone through that kind of feeling exactly before? the same exactly yeah. the same um exactly the same to the point of um i kept the way i when i was like an estate agent and then a mortgage advisor it just i had to constantly everything is a show everything is a show everything is an act we're still we, we we're authentic and whatever that may be but i had to like to the point where you know it was my costume it was my you know my interviews were auditions like it was always like that but i was always going through in my head thinking you know i've got friends probably like just like you i'm sure like where they're doing very well now and, and i would be thinking i failed you know i failed i gave up on something and the truth was with that i gave up because it got scary and it got real and i was like oh i can't do this and i was young um looking back at it though when i realized that this as as a content creator that like that this was performing and actually not only was this performing but i started having people from my college reach out to me teachers going would be interested in you coming and teaching some of the students here how they can utilize these skills online to make money and i was like yeah this isn't a waste and in fact i think 10 years time it'll be more beneficial than than a lot of the stuff that's the tra traditional theater that's been taught so um yeah. yeah but i definitely had that feeling a lot <laughs> well i think we i think whatever career we've come from and moving on to I, I think we it's easy to get into those ways of thinking uh, and if you're watching or listening you think well I, I didn't train as a performer or singer I'm, I'm not artistic or creative then you, you'll have a you may have a similar situation you move from one job to another job and you don't need to <laughs> I don't want I don't want people to think that you uh, in order to make it in this world of marketing uh, live video and all this kind of stuff that you have to you had to train as a professional actor or singer that's not the case what would you say for people who are thinking that you know what can um, they don't have the same kind of background as you and I um, how can they learn 
I think you need to lean into what you're comfortable with and what you're well, not so much you're comfortable. Comfortable is the wrong thing. Lean into what you're good at. So, um, someone like me and you, Ian, like I have zero in zero fear of public speaking, like no fear. You know, people say it's the fear of death. I'm like, I don't even, I'd much rather public speak than do anything else. Um, so you lean into the things you're good at, but the reality is there's a lot of things I'm not good at. And I meet a lot of people with who are content creators who have, who are terrible performers, terrible at live public speaking, but they're incredible at what they do. They might bring a level of detail to what they do, which I might not because I'm probably more of a performer. So it's more of a show as opposed to something that's more explaining and detail. So I don't think you need to be a performer and an outlandish person and over the top person if it's not who you are. I think you need to just be fully 100 million percent without using being cheesy as authentic, but like bringing to the table what you are great at. You know, there's a guy I know called Graham Hay, who he's a really technical guy. He's not a massive performer. He doesn't present on the camera very much, but he's incredibly technical on his YouTube videos. And it draws people in because he's, because it's impressive. People are drawn to excellence in whatever way that is. And I think anyone who's listened to this, will just think, what are you great at? And then, amplify that on your on your content you don't have to be all singing all dancing stuff and the thing that i was great at is that you know that's why i was good but i was as a mortgage advisor i was terrible great performer but terrible is like actual technical <laughs> stuff so like you know what i mean like just 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 amplify don't try and be me or ian try and be try and be the best you, you can be and amplify that and magnify that so that that's the core that's the center of what your content is about I just had this kind of weird vision of of uh, you dancing while uh, doing uh, one of your clients' uh, mortgage uh, not far advice. off, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's I, and I think you can if if you're not uh, a confident performer, you can learn some of those those things. Yes. It, you might not be uh, at the same level as somebody who's trained that for trained like that for years and years and years, but you can certainly up the level, even if you are focused more on the detail. It's something that we talk a lot about on this show. You're listening to the confident live marketing podcast. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. So why, before we actually, we, we are going to talk about some uh, things on how we can actually stand out. But I think I want to frame that with, first of all, why is it so hard for us or for so many people to stand out? You know, I see so many people out there who are becoming a carbon copy of what other people are doing. I've, I've had it with clients of mine. They just kind of want to do the exact same thing as what yeah. I'm doing. And they're forgetting about who they are and, and all that kind of stuff. So what, why is that so much of a problem? Why is it so hard for us to actually stand out? I, I think it comes back to what we were just saying a minute ago about this idea of not really being truly 
authentic to what we are and what we bring. We are constantly, and especially in business, we're constantly drawn to this idea of wanting to walk a path that has already been trod because we know it's safe. And we know, you know, and that's probably why someone like yourself, Ian, where people go, well, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, well, the reason why you're doing so early and is because you trod, went down a path that no one else had gone down and you were willing to do what no one else is willing to do in your way. And I think that's the problem is a lot of us don't trust our own ability to navigate around what we can and cannot do. Uh, and I think that's a big issue. And I think of the big issue when it comes to standing out is, um, the term I like to use is our conformity will stifle your creativity. So the conformity will stifle your creativity. If you try and upload or follow a schedule set by somebody else, it's not built to you. It's not made for you and it will, it will stop you from being creative. So you have to find your own cadence, your own rhythms, your own way of making content. And you only find that by actually doing and yes, you can be helped by someone like me, by someone like Ian, all these people out there, but it all relies on you in the end to, to really try and figure out what am I good at? What am I not good at? What is the frequency? So there's this, you know, you've got to look at your, the frequency, the volume and the engagement levels. They're the three things you really want to be looking at. And what is the frequency? What is the volume? What is the engagement that you want? And then um, trial and error it. Now, the problem I think why well, a lot of people don't like it is one, they're scared. They're scared of being judged. They're scared of people saying, I don't like it, which is really hard. I don't like that. I'm, I worry about that every day. I have to fight through it when you know you just have to. Um, and I think the other thing is we're impatient. We're hugely impatient. We don't believe that um, we want things now. And um, one of the best things that, that, that I've kind of learned in regards to patience is my wife has got an allotment over a lockdown. And that is hugely, without being Zen, made me look at things very differently is, she plants a tree and it takes five years before it's even going to bear an edible fruit. And I think, okay, well, that's nature doing nature's thing. So why do we think when it comes to business, we can fast track it so much? It doesn't work that way. So um, I think that is where a lot of people go wrong is trying to walk down that path that someone already has gone, trying to speed it up um, and not being willing to really look and trial and error and see what works for them. Trial and error. Yeah, make the mistakes at the beginning while no one's watching. <laughs> yeah, well, because no one will watch. I remember, I think, you know Bob Gentle, I think, quite yeah, well. And, yeah, uh, Bob, Bob came on my podcast and he said something that haunted me when he, very, he was one of my very first guests. And he said, um, you know, you better love what you're doing because you're going to be the number one fan for the next three to five years. And uh, and it stuck with me. And that's what I mean. Like it was, I, and, and I'd stopped caring about what other people what the numbers were because it was like do i like it do i you are the per you are the number one thing i think trusting sometimes sometimes feedback is good and sometimes feedback is rubbish and i think you have to you i think as a, as a creator have to figure that out yourself you know if i listened i wouldn't be here and have done what i'd done in the 18 under 18 months that i've done to be honest if i listened to anyone because Everyone told me it wouldn't be possible. You can't do that much content. You can't do that much stuff. But I know who I am. I know what I can do. And it, and it worked. And I think it worked because I kind of took a pinch of salt with a lot of people's advice. And the people I did like, I took a bit what I liked and took a, took a bit of that and put that together. I think that's what you say. It's, it's, it's really figuring out the right recipe for you. We're all different. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with that more. So 
we've talked about all the like all the barriers uh, but i do want to spend i did want to spend all of that time because so many people have these massive barriers but now that we've focused on the mindset we bashed through it and we got ourselves out of the way and we're doing it we're 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 failing fast and 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 we're picking ourselves up brushing brushing ourselves down and getting on with it how can we practically can you share some tips with us how can we actually stand out um what should we be doing? What should we not be doing? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Really, really simple. There's really simple, simple in practice. I guess simple in theory and, yeah. and difficult in practice. Um, so the things that I was always talking about was, um, which is the, the clarity, creativity, and consistency. So the first thing is clarity. Um, to stand out, you need to have a very clear message and clear image. This is really vital to any success, in my opinion. Message is what you're about, what you're talking about, what it is you do. And your image is about everything that you look like. There's a reason why I, funnily enough, you put your picture, the picture up of me, I'm wearing the same tops. I, I look the exact same. It's a clear, and consistent image. It's a clear image. This will cut through the noise of nearly all of your competition because the average human has an eight second attention span. So just to give people context onto this, this was 12 seconds in 2000. So it's gone down by a third in a decade. And that is no, there is no way that that is not connected to the idea of a rise of smartphones and social media. So we are getting shorter and shorter attention spans. So you've got roughly about eight seconds for someone to figure out whether they want to do business with you, consume you or content, become an audience, whatever it may be, you've got eight seconds of their attention. So if, you, if they can't figure out in eight seconds what it is you do or something about you that they like, then they're going to move on and they'll move on to somebody else. And this is where it's really interesting is it's not about being the best. It's about being the most clear and visible. So this is how I was able to cut through the noise because I've understood that from day one. You don't have to be the, you'd know this Ian from auditions. You don't have to be the best singer. You just got to be the one that the director can't stop looking at. And that is exactly the same with this. So that's the first thing you do about standing out. The second thing you can do with standing out is then comes to creativity. So creativity is the stuff you're doing. What, you know, how are you creating it? What are you doing? And this can be, this needs to be, um, unique, but it's really important with this. And you're, you're going to be the one person that gets this analogy that no, I always say, and no one else gets it. You'll get this. It's not about being original and Katie will get this as well as she's a singer, not about being original. It's about being individual. I learned this as being a singer was that all we would do, we'd spend our entire time looking for the audition song that if you that no one else had ever sung. We'd, we'd, we'd all do this at college and we'd all do this as performers. We'd scour through scores and scores of music to try and find that one song that was so obscure that no one had ever heard, the original song. But the reality is, it was in the musical theatre world, it was the guy that went in and sang, you know, One Song Glory or something like that. You know, it was the guy that came in and sang the song that the directors knew but they did it in a different way. They did it in a way that made the person go, oh, that's original. I haven't, I, that's, that's individual. I haven't heard you do it like that before. So you should be focusing on individuality from a tried and tested method, but infusing your individual uh, message into it. And that will make you stand out. Don't try and create something completely new that no one's ever heard of, because if no one's ever heard of it, you could be sitting on a gold mine. 
but you could also be there could be a reason why no one's ever heard of it um and so that was that's creativity and then the third one is consistency once you've got a clear message and a clear image and you've got a very creative way of of packaging that message and how are you going to do that you have to be consistent you have to be consistent it comes down to this idea of make you know you if you're not consistent then then you will not win and to give some um statistics on this type of thing people say it's around eight to ten online interactions before someone considers moving through to the next buying phase so eight to ten times someone has a brand touch point they see you before they are considering going oh do you know what i might actually subscribe to his youtube channel or am i actually and this is one on average um now bear in mind with algorithms as well you talk about algorithms and social media not every single post you make is being showed to every single person so eight to ten times if you're posting once a week that could be like six months before someone actually has seen all of those so that's really important to be consistent and consistent with that clear message because if you don't if if one of those posts that that person sees is not is not around about what you do or around some way around what you do it will cause it, it makes it unclear and the consistency is very important because it takes a lot longer than people realize and to put this in perspective from a youtube perspective which is something that i've spent a lot of time in the last couple of months really getting into and meeting a lot of few people around that space is tubebuddy which is a great piece of kit um talked about what the average channel with one million subscribers how many uploads has the average channel with one million subscribers had and um the average channel with one million subscribers that they'd pulled from their data um, had uploaded 3,873 videos. 3,873 videos. So just to put that into context for people who are listening to this, that would mean you'd have to upload a video every single day for 10 and a half years to reach a million subscribers on average with that data. That is where big stuff happens, consistency. And that's how you stand out. You stand out by what go by by pushing through the the kind of initial period that everyone is at. Everyone makes ten to twelve YouTube videos and they stop. Pod fade, same thing with podcasts. Everyone gets to about episode twelve, but very few people. You'll be in the top five percent of podcasts if you do eighteen months of a week of a of a weekly episode because very few people push past that. So those are the three things: create uh, clarity, creativity, consistency. Follow them religiously you will stand out and you will have a business that does well. So, so true. I mean, oh my goodness, there's so much we can talk about when it comes to all of those things. <laughs> the consistency is absolutely vital. And there is that difficult time at the beginning. You've said episode 12. I think it was probably about episode 14, 15 for me where uh, I started to think, well, nobody's nobody's listening to my podcast. You know, in fact, where's my sad music? You know, uh, it's it's it felt like that I, but i knew that i needed to keep moving forwards because like it takes time for particularly with podcasting podcasting is just one of those platforms that you have to keep being consistent with and working on uh, but live video is is kind of the same so yeah consistency is is really important and i, I think the clarity knowing what you're talking about. Again, really important. Another like story, this happened at Upreneur quite a few years ago. Uh, I bumped into quite a few people who said the same thing to me. He said, Ian, like, yeah, you're, 
you're a really nice guy. Uh, I, I love what you do, but I kind of don't really know what, what you do. What, what do you do? And I knew I had a problem because there wasn't that clarity. I was, I, well, I think I had the clarity inside of me, but I wasn't expressing that. And so that was really important. I want to spend a bit more time though on that middle C, that creativity, um, because I want to think about how we can actually do that practically. I love about embracing who you are. You might be quite a shy person. So actually just going on camera, some people out there just prefer the quieter demeanor. They don't really want the, hello, how are you today? All this kind of stuff. Some people like just that puts them off. So being yourself is important. What other things can we be thinking about that could be creative? But that obviously you said, don't try and do things completely differently. But have you got, maybe tell us like some of the things that you've done that have been creative, that have worked well for you. Not that we can copy those, obviously, but that we can be inspired by. Yeah, no. So um, there's a few things. I mean, all different things. So um, creative wise, I stepped into the podcasting space, big podcasting fan, love the stuff. Um, But the status quo and the norm. So this is just an idea of how you can look at it. The status quo and the norm of podcasting was at the time and still is 45 minute interviews which is literally what we're doing right now so it's not a bad thing this is what <laughs> that's what it was so i'm about to slam this now no no <laughs> um but i was looking at that and, and you know i interviewed i interviewed a ton of i have i've had multiple shows before i actually launched this the one that works now is and i'd interviewed a lot of people and the feedback kept coming back was i was like i was interviewing these people because i thought that's what i had to do because that's the way you know that's what a podcast is um and to be a good host, you don't want to interrupt and you don't want to, um, you know, to, to tell, to, to, not to prove someone wrong, but to say, you know, I, I actually disagree with that. That's not the right thing I would say I'd do this way. So um, I, I sat down and I was listening. I thought, okay, what type of show would I want? And it went back to the, and this is what we talk about creativity. I went back to the idea of like 1% daily. This always been, you said Atomic Habits, always been that thing. And I was like, well, I would want a show where it was 15 minutes maximum and it was actionable, tangible stuff like YouTube on my phone in an audio fashion. And it was like just me. And it was, you know, it was just one person, like an audio book, but in like a bite-sized like chunk. And do you know where I got this idea from was I listened to, this is where it's, we, we draw from inspiration. I, I started listening to um, Blinks on Blinkist. Now Blinkist is an audio, I don't know anyone who doesn't know that it is, Blinkist is like an audio book condenser. It condenses audio books into 15 minutes so that you get the bullet points. Um, and I was listening to these every single day and well, some of them two or three a day. And I was like, I really need this for as a podcast, I should do this. And I couldn't find anyone doing it. Now we now have someone like, like the marketing school with um, Neil Patel does really well, five minutes, smashed it. But at the time, wasn't really on my radar, wasn't really on people's radar. So I just sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to take the gamble, but I think I have more to say than people realize, and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to talk about, make the podcast I would want, not what I, what people tell me I should have. So that was one way. So you look at that as podcasters, people go, I don't want to interview people. I'm scared of doing that. You don't have to. A podcast is not, an interview show it's it's an it's a format and you can use that however you want and that was one of the ways i did that um another way that i did it was um again this one percent daily was i made a video every single day um i wrote down 150 points like just literally one-liners 
And I made a video every single day on that point that had to be under 30 seconds. And I did it 150 days straight. People liked that. It was a different thing. It wasn't a three minute YouTube video. It was just a hundred. It was just literally 30 seconds. Did really well on LinkedIn. So you don't have to be doing the same as everybody else. Um, the same thing with, with uh, live streaming. We spoke about, I was doing live streaming as if it was edited and as if it looked like, if you watched it, it would look like an edited video. There were, I couldn't find anyone who was really doing that. There were a few people doing it, but no one really to the same level and extent. So that was another way. So what, the, what I'm trying to do to give you examples is if you have seen something and you like the idea of the platform, but there's another thing you think you could bring to it, that's what you have to look at. If you would consume it, someone else will as well. But I think the problem we have, and this is where we see this, by the way, um, and we see this with everything, but we're seeing this hugely with TikTok. You don't have to, to make TikTok work. And we're seeing this now when it's moved over to Instagram Reels. You as a business owner do not have to dance on screen and point at words. That's not what you have to do. You can do whatever you want. You've got a minute to talk about whatever you want on that platform. You don't have to do the tried and tested method that we know the, the meta is doing. You just have to look at it. You could do a micro podcast. That's something I'm really cool interested in. It's like, could you do a one minute podcast? That's super like snappy and to the point. There's so many ways. So it's just looking at it and trying to flip it on its head in different ways. Um, and that's the type of creativity you have to think about because that's the type of stuff that stands out. That's awesome. I think we need to spend some time away from our phones, from our computers, getting out of the house, going on a walk, getting our brains buzzing with these ideas because otherwise yeah. we can become lazy. And the lazy thing is just to copy what everyone else is doing. Be inspired, yes, but come up with some new and exciting things. I love the shortcast thing, by the way, because we had uh, Eric Fisher on the show, uh, was it last week? And he's, he does a, he has a shortcast on Blinkist and uh, it's, it's great. In fact, what you could do, and I've seen some podcasters do, they have uh, the longer form one, which is like 45 minutes. And then the second episode is the same as that, but it's a short version. So you, you there, there are loads of ways you could do it. Or there's uh, the, the A word from Amazon, which I won't say. There's a, there's a, uh, I can't remember what they're called now. They're, they're, there's these little uh, short podcasts that you have on there as well. Um, so loads well, of different ideas. Well, a great way, just this is something that I haven't done and I've toyed with it so many times. If someone is like wants to do an interview show, um, and this is something, because I think attention span is vital. And so you've either got to look at it as, if you're someone like you, you already have an audience, you're doing very well, you're a key player in this space, which is why, you know, I was gunning for you to get to know you. Uh, but it's one of those where like, for the average person out there, you've got to think, why would someone, so people who are watching this, why would someone watch your show when they could just watch Ian's? And that's the thing that, that, that is always in my head is why would they not watch Ian's? What about, how could I, what about mine would make it go, oh, and I think, honestly, when you're unknown, when you're not very, you've not got a name for yourself, I think time is probably your biggest ally. Can you condense it and make it shorter? Because people don't care who you are when you're beginning. They do later on. I love Nick Nimmin. I think he's brilliant. He's been on the show and I'll sit for four hours on his live stream. But I wouldn't sit on four hours for somebody I didn't know. Uh, but if someone condensed what he was potentially talking about in a five minute show. And this is where I toyed with this and pivoted away purely because of different things. 
you could easily do an interview show where you interview people off air. You might want to do it live if you want to, you can live it. But the podcast could be a 10 minute podcast where you break down with clips this person. So I ask you a question, Ian, why is live so vital? And at the beginning, you top and tail it. In this episode, we've got Ian Anderson Gray. He's brilliant. And what he's doing is explaining why live stream is so good and why it can be useful and how you can use it. Let's listen to what he had to say straight into you. Then it comes back out and you top and tail it as an expert. And you could make four or five episodes from one interview and they're bite-sized chunks. And the beauty of that, by the way, I'm just giving these ideas. Sorry if, I, if I'm overrunning, but um, the beauty of that, by the way, is that if you're a new brand, this is so many increased brand touch points. If you interviewed, say, me or Ian, you're going to get, if you could make four episodes out of the one interview and you post that, say, over a three-month period, one episode, one, one a month, whatever, and you're integrating with other people, you're going to get four times where Ian or me might share that and four times where Ian or myself are being made aware of who you are. So I think that it's being shorter right now is the play for people coming into things, right? That's, that's the smart move in my opinion. Now how you do that is up to you, but, or whether you just throw it away, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think that's really true. If you go to a YouTube channel and all you see are one hour live streams from somebody and you don't know them, might be the most interesting topic in the world, but the likelihood is you're going to go somewhere else. And so I think, yeah, live streams are great for, for, for your fans, for your community, but spending time creating that shorter content. And that's something that I'm working on at the moment. I and mean, we've got all these amazing uh, episodes with, you know, interviews with amazing people like yourself. Why not cut those up? And yeah, just top and tail them. It's not going to take you long. You don't have to be an amazing video editor. There are loads of cool tools out there. There's like Descript is one of them. Just bung it together and get it on there. And uh, yeah, it, was, was it, I can't remember, was it you that was, we were talking about this uh, on Facebook about, or LinkedIn, about somebody's definition of uh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. yeah I, I, I love that. I was hoping you bring that up. Yeah, what, what did he say, the guy? It was, it was funny. The definition. So this is, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, and it's a YouTuber called Star Wars Theory. And he's massive, like massive, massive. Um, I think he's got to be about 6 million or something. Subs. And I was watching a live stream and he said, look, let's just call it as it is. He said, YouTube is just Google something you don't know, whack it in a video, upload it and bang, profit. And I loved your response. I absolutely, I was, I was like, oh no, it made me laugh. And I was like, oh, it's so good. And I thought I've got to put that out because I have a lot of YouTubers on Facebook now uh, because of the, uh, because of the content and also on LinkedIn, but not so much on LinkedIn, but on Facebook. And I thought I've got to put it out there. And uh, because people are precious. And I actually thought, and then you were the, your comment, your thing was great because your thing was, as you said, was like, I actually think this is right. And, and obviously with, it's very oversimplified, but I thought, I agree with this guy which I've, no, I haven't said that. Actually, this is the first time I've said it. Um, but I was like, but I bet you lots of people are going to get very precious about this because we all like to think we're more important than we are. But the reality is when I go, and the reason why I agree with him <laughs> is I said before, I didn't know what I was talking about as a mortgage advisor. I was reading the book and saying what I'd read into the video to learn. So I couldn't agree with it more. It's, isn't it like the definition of a consultant? Like it's, if people ask you a question, uh, you don't know what it is. So you go and f it's the ability to find out something that you don't know. 
That's that's yeah. what a consultant is. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> um, it's, it's a bit more than that. But putting ourselves we, out of a job. I, I know, I know. Anyway, uh, we are out of time. It's been awesome to have you on the show, Ash. You have shared so many amazing things. I'm really excited. It, I was already excited about some of the content that I'm creating. But now I'm really excited uh, because, yeah, just got, my brain is buzzing with ideas now. Uh, thank you so much. How can people find out more about you? Where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, best place if you're a YouTube, if you're into YouTube, that's where all the all of the content is. Um, the podcast is there, um, so you can find me on YouTube, which is Ash Borland. Uh, my podcast is called Content Marketing One Hundred and One, um, which is daily episodes. Um, it's, so they come out every single day. The five minute stuff like the teaching ones and then it's at ash borland on all of the social media platforms um facebook is probably one of the best ones really right now i quite like facebook at the moment as a just connecting with me as a person not a group or anything i'm just using facebook as a way to talk with great people like yourself there's like people with people you know so if you're someone who's actually involved in getting in conversation and you want to like really be involved in that type of stuff and then i'm more than happy to be connected with people on facebook also, it's nice to hear some love for Facebook because like most marketers I speak to hate Facebook at the moment and they're going over to the, the new and cool like TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's Shiny it's nice. syndrome, mate. I know, I know. Facebook is here to stay. Facebook yeah. and YouTube, I would yeah. bet my house they're here to stay. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Ash. It's been great to have you on the show. Well, we are out of time. Just to let you know that next episode, so this is next Tuesday if you're watching or if you're listening, uh, it's next Friday. I've, I'm going to be doing a solo show on basically talking about how to keep going when you're not feeling like it, which can happen quite often. Maybe you're feeling a bit down or anxious or, I don't know, you're struggling with something. How can you be consistent? We've talked about consistency. That was one of Ash's C's, his three C's. And so I think it's so important to uh, to focus on that. So that is next episode. And of course, do check out the podcast at iag.me forward slash podcast. If you've been listening today, I really appreciate the fact that you've been plugging us into your ears today. But that is it for today's show. Until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. toodaloo.